I'm Eliza Skinner, and this is my podcast, where every episode we make a playlist for a specific life event, moment, or occasion, always with a special guest. And today we're making a playlist for New Wave Walking the Dog. <laughs> new Wave Dog Walk? New Wave Dog Walk. Yeah, with my with my guest, Ross Bryant. Hey. Yay. Hey. You might know Ross from his uh, comedy, his acting, um, or his making the theme song that you just heard for this podcast. That's right. It's one of people's favorite aspects, if not the favorite aspect <laughs> of the podcast. That can't be true, but I'll, I'll love them. I'm flattered. That's it's, nice. it's dang catchy. Oh, yeah. A little earworm. <laughs> I was, it was knocking around in my head for weeks afterwards. Yeah. Uh, when I listen to it, it uh, like a full episode, I'm just like, yeah, I want to jam out to that. <laughs> Shut up, Eliza. I'm done with you. Oh, yeah. No, that it, it fits right into what is one of my favorite types of music which across any genre which is anything with a plinky plonky synth arpeggio mm-hmm. which spoiler alert all of the songs i chose for this oh yeah playlist have yes yeah uh, i i associate you with that yeah that if if my if my heartbeat mm-hmm. w- were set to music it would be an arpeggiated synthesizer i'm surprised that yeah oh yeah well first of all why did you pick this um playlist theme Oh, um, I well, gave you a couple, but you, you picked this one. You gave me a couple, um, but I think I thought this one was kind of gave me the, the broadest scope of, <laughs> of music to choose. And it was also very specifically true to my life, <laughs> as I am a, a relatively recent owner of a dog who has taken over my life. I'm, I'm, if anyone knows anything about me, it's that I'm a huge dog lover, and my dog is very special. I love her so much. Yeah, she's real cute. She's wonderful. She's a corgi. She's a corgi. So, you know. She's a rescue. She's thick. She's over. When I when I first <laughs> beheld her when she came out of her enclosure at the West Valley Animal Shelter, she she was so overweight that she just looked. <laughs> she was a whale. She was a manatee. She just looked like she was a hovercraft coasting across the floor because her legs were zeppelin. just eclipsed by her bulk. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, she's since lost quite a bit of weight, but she's still a very slow lady who takes mm-hmm. her time. So I have lots of time on dog walks to listen to many things. Mm-hmm. So uh, these are all songs that I have actually. For sure, listen to as I walk my dog, and they've all got a nice little switch, um, little little, uh, <laughs> little keep you moving, keep your keep tail you moving, wagging, but not too fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, as I said, I was very much like, well, for Ross, I want to give him some like electronicy plinky <laughs> possibilities. I feel like that's where he likes to live, uh, and didn't even consider giving you rap. Yeah, I know. Yeah, which I was, is how I'm kind of surprised. we have mostly worked together. You've done my rap battle so many times as a uh, pizza Jesus. <laughs> yes, as my battle rap persona. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect battle rap persona because it's sublime and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and so many references. You could throw in exactly. so many cheese references, so many pizza references, and so many religious references. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's delightful. But yeah, we've we've done so much rapping together. <laughs> yeah, and the world needs more uh, awkward. <laughs> white people rapping yeah yeah I've, I've gotten so i know i my relationship with it i love to do it so much mm-hmm. and i'm and i'm becoming so ambivalent and and kind of like mm-hmm. about like i don't want when, when i when i like freestyle or rap or whatever i i always know that like i know that part of the 
what is making this successful at the start, if it is successful, is that I don't look like the sort of person who should be able to do it well. Oh, and, look who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I very much, if I, if I ever do a, like a, a more overt rap show or do things more in that world, I, I, ver- I want to address that. Yeah, I try to. I generally call it out a, a ton when right. I do it, um, and it also feels a little unfair that we can both we both improvise re- regular music, also mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, melodic, lyrical, different genre music. Yeah, and people are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it's rap, they're like, what? How does it happen? <laughs> it's like, well, you realize with the music, we're doing the same thing, but also adding in melody. Yeah. And a little bit more like genre style that's, mm-hmm. but somehow it's like, no, 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 that's not as impressive. I like it when you say the words fast. Yeah. Say the words fast. And we like to wait for the rhymes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and yeah. you don't look like you should do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, a weird cross to bear. <laughs> but I love it so much. No, but I'm a very musically omnivorous person. And, and yeah. I, I, I feel like when thinking back to like being a kid, like I was like, I think I thought of myself as like, apart from any sort of like click or anything that I was just like a music fan Mm -hmm. and all my friendships, I feel like were forged via the music we liked and kept together because of the, us talking about music and ruminating about music. Did you have other um, musically omnivorous friends or were you like, I got these guys for this stuff, these people for this stuff, these people for, these are my musical theater nerds, (laughs) (laughs) these are my jazz guys. Oh, my my jazz cats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, I hope they were cats. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, I I feel like, yeah, other musically omnivorous people, for sure. Um, And, uh, and then as I as I grew up, it, there they there were like the pockets, the people who were my gateways into like here's the guy who's into mod soul music, yeah. and dresses in Fred Perry shirts every day, yeah. And here are the the like house and techno people I know. I used to get cassette tapes, like you know, a little package of cassette tapes, mm-hmm. and hand them out to friends, but also just people I thought were cool, who very often were not people who liked me. They were <laughs> like I would go up to the cool guy at in my high school um, or cool girl and be like, hey, will you fill this with music? And usually people like music enough that they would be like, yeah, okay. And so I ended up finding out about all kinds of different things from that. Oh, yeah. It, I I kind of wish I still had some of them, although I don't know what I would play them on. Um, yeah, I still, I still am a cassette collector and cassette yeah. owner and player. What do you play them on? A little disc or a little Walkman. That I got. Wow. Yeah, I have a I have a two 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 uh, cassette tape deck as well. Wow. And I've 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 released four cassettes as well of of music. I had no idea. Yeah. So you're trying to like make your audience as small as possible. Exactly. The... <laughs> <Okay. laughs> it's it, it it is truly just like hobbyist and also just I don't know it was really just like I had spare time I wanted to I just wanted to get it out and. It's just the way to where you can just include include as few like, people you, as possible. You need to earn this. Yeah. You need to earn this music by owning a cassette deck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, you want to get into this playlist? Heck yeah. This new wave dog walk. All right, the first song, uh, we started off with one of yours. Cool. So do you want to? Yeah, this is um, one of my favorite songs in the world. It's called Was Dog a Donut by Cat Stevens. Yeah. It's a Cat Stevens song. Yeah. It, all the hallmarks of a Cat Stevens song. Ooh. And I love that you kicked it off with the most accessible song. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dancing. We're both dancing. This song is so great. 
Yeah. So yeah. this is a Cat Stevens song. This came out in 1977 from his album Is It So? And it's the it's like the penultimate album that he made um, as he was converting to Islam. And uh, I guess this this was just like him and his musical collaborators just kind of screwing around in the studio with synthesizers and and uh, and their equipment just kind of for fun. And he stumbled on this riff they did, and they just kind of worked all night on it. And they had a synthesizer with a dog sample on it. Yeah. Which which is which gave it the name. And but that song like. I don't know if anybody, if you've heard it before, I bet you love it. It's one of these kind of cult songs that mm-hmm. people, I think, were exposed to early in, in like early electronic music. And it was like a big break breakdancing song along with like like early Kraftwerk tunes like Trans Europe Express or like Hot Butter, that like popcorn song. Um, and uh, man, oh man, is it good. Yeah, when I, it, this was the second and last single from that album. Um, and it uh, it was it got a lot of criticism for sounding, quote, a bit too robot-like. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but yes, then since then it's had a big mm-hmm. cult following. Um, but I, I imagine, yeah, in 1977, people were probably like, "What?" <laughs> I was expecting. What is this? Strums and feeling. Yes, <laughs> yeah. this sounds like my toaster's talking to me. <laughs> but oh, it's thank you. It's so delightful and like jaunty, and it's so yeah. cool thinking of that song as being like now so many. Electronic music is the most genreified type of music, probably mm-hmm. maybe other than like heavy metal, where like. There's there's like every band is kind of its own genre or every mm. artist is kind of like there's there's in electronic music there's house and acid and acid house and and deep house <laughs> and handbag house mm-hmm. and, and whatever yeah. but this precedes Call- everything right and also calling things electronic music it's like what are you even as you're like what are you talking about yeah that's like saying it's guitar music right exactly like, okay there's a there's electronic parts in it um, and I feel like a lot of what people generally think of as electronic music is a lot more uh, like currently like kind of arch like dramatic mm. like yeah it's electronic yeah. get into it yeah. we're doing and this is so like doodly doo doo we're having some fun but i really like that and and i love that the title is so whimsical but it's if you are a cat stevens fan that that it's evocative of dogs i don't know to me puts me in my mind of i love my dog from his first album um which is this like just so this tender like incredible embarrassingly earnest song about how much he loves his dog, mm-hmm. and and it's a nice kind of like full circle, a donut, if mm. you will, Whoa. from one to the other. <laughs> wow, so much wordplay. Also, this is the time at which he is becoming not a cat anymore. Mm-hmm. That's so, right. Is he a dog or a donut? <laughs> yeah. um, transition, transition. Uh, yeah, this is a great choice. Good start. And my first song um, is Missing Persons. Well, the song is Walking in L.A. by Missing Persons. Yeah. Since mine has lyrics, let's let's get to the lyrics. We got yeah, to yeah, yeah. the chorus. I mean, we, yeah, we got I mean, to hear. Once we're here, we got to hear Del Bazio take it up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> so once you know this song, if you live in LA or even visit, I defy you to walk down the street and not 
ever have this stuck in your head. I made this playlist and this was the last song on it. And yeah. I changed my mind. <laughs> yep, there we go. Yeah, I was like, should it be the first or should it be the last? And I was yep. like, just stick it up front. It, of course, I think the same thing. Every time I'm every time I'm like, it's time to go for a walk, Rarebit. Rarebit is my dog's name. She's yes. a Welsh Corgi, Welsh Rarebit. It's mm. a corny joke, <laughs> but I love her. And uh no, and, and she's as, a fine piece of meat. <laughs> she is. She's a fine cheese toast. Oh, yeah, there's no meaning right right. But yeah, uh, walking in LA, in LA is instantly stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dale Bazio. Um, well, the miss, missing persons had a few. I think they're. I think not that many people know this song. Yeah, I feel like they're more like well known. Destination unknown. Yeah, and words. Yeah. Um, but uh, there, it was Dale Bazio and her husband at the time, Terry Bazio, who was the drummer, and Warren. Cook- Cucarillo, who then became after they broke up because they the the marriage broke up, the band broke up, everything in '86. Uh, oh, this song was from was off of Spring Session M from 1982, but '86 it all broke up, and Warren, the, the guitarist, uh, joined Duran Duran for a very long time. I did not know that. Yeah, That's I think awesome. like 15 years he played with Duran Duran, and they all met because they were Zappa. Yeah, that, I did know that. Zappa I knew that the, that they were like all Zappa guys. Yeah. One thing I did, I was like, I was so fascinated by Dale Bazio because she's such a compelling like presence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently she put out a solo album that was like produced by Prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. After she started working with Prince. Yeah. I was like, wow, Missing Persons. Yeah. And she's also, uh, she also covered a lot of like 80s songs. I think she tried to move forward and then was like, hey, you know what? You know what I'm known for? You know what I'm good at? 80s yeah. and so she's had she's got like a cover version of girls just want to have fun and mm. turning japanese which is turning japanese okay for us to like i, I don't know i feel like it's probably not because i always heard that the uh that the 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 meaning of it was it was about masturbation huh and that you, when you were coming you're you're turn you you get you the noises you allegedly make <laughs> are like gibber now so that's either them being racist or whatever, like, 15-year-old told me that when I was 13, <laughs> being racist. Yeah, I'd buy either one. I think, yeah, 15-year-olds will map grotesquely sexual stuff onto <laughs> yeah. anything. Yeah, 15-year-olds are like, <laughs> the whole world Just is sexual. Just have a perm- perma boner. You know what that's about, right? You know what that's really about? Jacking off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. really about cranking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's great. I had no idea. Yeah, I remember. I remember when uh, when uh, MTV and VH1 would do those like like uh, '80s nostalgia weeks, and they'd always mm-hmm. have uh, these videos. And just seeing seeing her in the I think Destination Unknown video, mm-hmm. it's just like, what is this person? Yeah, yeah. I looked up uh, when I was reading about her. Her um, influences are all visual. Yeah, like they're yeah. all actors, and I'm like, well, okay, yeah, that's part of it. I mean, that was definitely a big part of all of this I think totally yeah everybody is like I think new wave to, to touch on that for a second mm-hmm. yeah is, get into it because what's new wave exactly we're not talking French new wave no we're not talking the Noval vague we're talking mm. the new wave mm-hmm. it's, it's it, because it's it means nothing it's a catch-all for yeah. just kind of anything that's like maybe punk adjacent but not that mm-hmm. basically it's like any kind of underground music that came out between the late 70s and the mid 80s mm-hmm. and maybe is like Bowie indebted a yeah. bit artsy yeah Electronic, I think there's a lot of mm-hmm. electronic, electronic influences, and also like a little bit of genre melding. Like I feel like it was the the art kids that went to punk shows, right? 
And we're like, well, that seems like a bit much. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to get punched. (laughs) Yeah. I can't even understand what they're saying. Calm down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The AKA me at a punk show. <laughs> yeah, then. me too. <laughs> yeah. I used to go to shows and like literally I would knit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Doctor. Right. That's the worst one. That's oh, the worst. Because no. I sometimes I would bring books if I knew it was someplace that oh, I, it would be bright enough for me to read. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I am. I have never been cool. Uh, big time. Very deep. Dyed in the wool dork here. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, there were no. There were. There was like. There were no punk shows to be had in coastal North Carolina. We were what? in the middle of nowhere. There was only there was one thrash metal band in my high school called Watts, which was an anagram for We Are the Shit. Oh, I love them already. <laughs> so if you if you wanted uh if you wanted to hear kind of like uh, meta- takes on Metallica, you could do that. Um, and there was an emo band, um, kind of an emo pop band, um, but nothing that was like straight up like, like pop punk didn't really didn't really go hard. In Manio High School. Yeah, well, pop punk, you have to actually know how to play some instruments. Or any kind, really. Yeah. Um, and But then, yeah, once I once I started getting into it, I, go, I, had, I had a few years there where I, was, where I was leaving with my glasses broken from <laughs> cool. shows. Cool. So, so, but for the most part, you were all like, just, it was happening in your ears. Yeah, because like the, near, any place the nearest it. venue was four hours away. Woof. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was just yeah, me and my tapes. Mm. Who was your favorite show or your first show rather? God. Um, first concert. Yeah. Uh, well, for, very first was a Dixieland band in a gazebo when I was a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not what I meant, but I like that you remember it. Yeah. Oh, when also when I was a little boy, I saw Barry Polisar, who is a uh, who is a guitar mm-hmm. player who, who most people know because he's saying that all I need is you a song from Juno. Oh. Um, that's him. But he, he's mostly like kooky kids. He's like he's mm-hmm. like Dirty Raffy. He's uh-huh. great. Um, but, uh, God, actual show? Um, maybe, like, uh, remember the band The Toadies? No. They had that song, Possum Kingdom. No. They, they were like They were an Austin grunge band, kind of Pixies-ish, maybe. Okay. Um, it was like, will you walk with me down by the lake tonight? Do you want to die? No. I will treat you well, my sweet angel. So help me, Jesus. And you were like a big fan. I was not, but my friends who were going were. So they're like, like "Do you want to go to Chapel Hill?" And I was like, "Yes." That sounds great. <laughs> I think the first band that that I was like, "I want Song to go purpose. there," was a uh, um, La Tigra. Oh, that's just oh, that's cool. Yeah, you're so cool. No, that was that was another like four hour trip to actually. This is even this is even more nerdy. When when I went to college, where it was like. Um, and I've never haven't been to shows really. Some a friend was like, "Hey, you know, uh, I saw that Philip Glass is doing a show at the Brooklyn Academy of Music this weekend." And we're like, "Haha, what if we went to that?" That's so cool. And then we were like, "There's no one to tell us that's a dumb idea. Let's go." That's <laughs> so cool. And we drove from North Carolina twelve hours to I, Brooklyn. You're watched. talking to someone with multiple <laughs> Philip Glass on albums on vinyl. <laughs> I props. That's amazing. And, and the like for ten thousand airplanes on the roof. I've got the book that goes along with it because I can't experience it any other way. Yeah, amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I saw him perform with the Kronos Quartet, the the score of Dracula, and then got in a car. That's so cool. <laughs> and drove twelve hours back to North Carolina. Wow. Yeah, uh, uh, that was the first like. Like, I'm an adult. I can do I anything. Can do anything. <laughs> no one's going to tell me not to. Yeah. 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 Pick weird things for that, kids. Uh-huh. Don't, don't, don't just see how much uh, Sour Patch Kids you can eat. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll want to do that also. But mm-hmm. get, get weird with it. Uh, let's do your next song. Great. You got it. You have to. This is another one of my very favorite songs. <laughs> this is The Day My Baby Gave Me a Surprise. 
by Devo. Mm-hmm. Got that herky-jerky rhythm. Yep. Sounds like Devo. Yep, stop, start. <laughs> Guitar way down in the mix. This song is a love song between a what appears to be a man and a woman who has suffered a unspecific accident. accident, who is maybe coming out of a coma, but is scribbling a note to him saying that they're going to date again. <laughs> There's that synth arpeggio I was telling you about. Uh-huh. In the video to this, they represent this sound by having two little bugs pop out and play what? it on a cartoon hippo's teeth. <laughs> Man, I gotta start watching more of the music videos for these songs. Well, Devo made music videos really before it was a thing, and and like and uh, yeah, so their videos are all so good. Yeah, um, yeah, you can and you can find them all on YouTube. It's well, a tr- treasure trove. Well, and they're I mean, again, like we we're saying, like these are the art kids in the punk scene. Exactly. So like they're they I know they did a lot of like obviously they paid a lot of attention to visuals in ways that not other bands weren't. I mean, they were known for the way they looked, the mm-hmm. little hats. The little hats. The little, the little the, you know, uh, not a onesie. Oh, yeah, the, the, like, radiation the cover suit. cover all sort yep. of things. Yeah, which, when I was in band in college, that's what I always wore. Ooh. Um, and uh, uh, what else? Oh, and the the cover of this album. This album, this was off of Duty Now for the Future yes. in 1979. Um and I love that the cover has all the barcodes, uh-huh. and that was like a political statement because that yeah. was right when barcodes were that they they didn't always have barcodes, kids, on everything. And at in, at that point in the late seventies, they were like, "Got to put it on everything so we know how to classify you all, Big Brother." And now we're like, "We don't care. It's so much worse." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everything is a commodity. Yeah, put a barcode on my eyeball, but just you know, like, yeah, give now, me my basic human rights. Now we just signed the Apple service agreement without reading. And, oh God. And music is a utility. We turn on like a faucet, and just music pours into our ears. Yeah, that's true. Do you own, I guess you do, because you still have like cassettes and stuff. So yeah, you I, own physical. I, I own physical media, but I'm, I'm a, I, I like, I, I engage with music mostly through streaming, like probably everyone else. Yeah. It's just too. so convenient. It's because, because like when you grew up in the scarcity economy of, of analog music, you were just like, oh, I want to get it so bad and there's no way I can get it. And then like Napster came out and Kazan and all that stuff. And you're like, I can. Oh, oh my God. I'll I can. I'll spend six I can. hours downloading one song. Yeah. Yes, just sleepless nights where you just look like haggard. <laughs> just like, I got all of the albums I've been dreaming of. Don't you see? My treasures. My precious. And then your headphones break and you're like, <laughs> yeah. oh. Yeah, but yeah. So I still have physical media. It's like a, it's just an ode to that. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a streamer, baby. I live in the future. I live, I live in the present. <laughs> you, yeah, you gotta be. You got to. But I'm a huge Devo fan. Yes. Not to back yank to us get back, back to Devo. No, I was I was about to. Okay, no, I um, I I, I became obsessed with Devo in college. Um, How come? Because I think I feel like to a lot of people they seem like a joke band. Totally. They, on the and surface, I think when you when you first encounter them, they're a jokey one hit wonder. Mm-hmm. And uh, as you get more into it, you're like they're everything. And then towards the end, you're like they are kind of kiss, but for nerds. Um, <laughs> yeah. And um, but I, I still love them. I, I no, they're amazing. And uh, because you can go deep. They 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 all the the two core members went to Kent State together and were were present on campus Whoa. during the famous shooting. Um, and they basically were hippies, and they're saying, according to them, they're like after that day, they're like, the hippie culture means nothing to us anymore. We we will we will take a more anarchic stance, and so they became this kind of like Devo was. Wait, for, so you mean just one bad thing happened, and it had a huge effect on their lives? Yeah. Huh. 
That sounds really old-fashioned also. I feel like these days we just let piles of terrible things happen and go like, meh, let's keep on ticking. We just have culturally traumatic moments fire-hosing at us. We're seriously all PTSD'd at this point. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 we don't form weird art collective bands where we where we dress up like boy babies in plastic masks (laughs) yeah no because we're like this is normal it's fine i have to buy cereal (laughs) but i think i really related to them mostly because i was a gawky weirdo with glasses and i liked that mark Mothersbaugh was a gawky weirdo with glasses and he made that the it was like an explosion of that twitchy weird energy was what Devo was. It was like all the things that I was self-critical about. They were like they're like uh, reveling what, in it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that do, that's definitely how it came across. Um, I kind of dabbled in it, but I think for me it was one of those things that I was like, this seems like boy fun. Yeah, I think. And mm-hmm. it was like I didn't consciously think that because obviously when I was younger, I was that most of the stuff that I liked was all boy stuff, mm-hmm. quote unquote, um, who it was marketed towards. Um, but there would just be certain things that I would be like, yeah, you're not my vibe for some reason. And this was, uh, Devo was one of them. I can totally see that. I think Devo, like if you look, if you if you start to pay too much attention to the lyrics, some of the songs you're like, what is your opinion about women mm. generally? Well, yes. And I guess this is one where the he's so excited that the, not that the woman in the coma is coming back to life, but that they're going to do it Exactly. Again. <laughs> it's a, um, it, or maybe it's that it's a little obscure. It's a little obscure. They're pretty or, misanthropic uh, uh, generally. Yeah, they're whole, the whole point nihilistic. of <laughs> Devo is that it's de-evolution, that they, the philosophy of the band is that humanity is devolving back into, back into creatures. What? How wrong they were. How wrong indeed. Our society has just gotten more civilized. Yeah. Our tea trays float. More kind, Mm. more civil. Yes, yes. We've learned how to speak to dolphins because we've been so focused on using science for kindness. We've not played up the ugliest and lowest common denominators? No, not at all. No, we haven't become even more of a a collective of beasts. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Beasts, like dogs, on topic. Yeah, and they're from Akron. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I just wanted to get that out there. Yeah, but this is definitely a good, good uh, uh, walking around song. Yeah, it has just the the rhythm of it, and and also that it's about like recovery, in a way, recovery of a of mm-hmm. a, and my my dog on her weight loss journey oh, so, experienced a recovery. So this isn't, yeah, because your dog does have kind of, from what I can tell from afar, from social media, right? Mm-hmm. I follow your journey with her. Yes, I feel like she is a little like. We're not going to have to walk, are we? Um, I, I, I whip out the leash and she does nothing short of roll her eyes at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I identify with that so much. <laughs> yeah. And with the idea that like she's supposed to be like, yay, oh my God, like, bitch, come on. Mm-hmm. She just things to do inside. <laughs> For sure. I'm trying to nap under an air conditioner right now. What are you, <laughs> Give enjoy me a reason walk, why dude. that's not better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so speaking of rhythm, the my next song is Blue Monday by New Order. Ooh, yeah. Pick up the beat on that walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quick march. We're crossing the street. Yep. Yep. So this also, a lot of these are like different angles of beginnings of electronic music here. Mm-hmm. Like the, they were experimenting with uh, the drum machines and stuff. And apparently this was not, it was they weren't like, we're making new music. We're going to make something amazing. Apparently, according to NME, the impetus behind the song was if we can get the drum machines to play it for us we can leave the stage earlier and go get drinks <laughs> i love it there was a craft work tour apparently where they just sent they just sent mannequins <laughs> i love it <laughs> yes so they weren't even there yeah, at all yeah. <laughs> oh, 
I mean, why wouldn't you? There was a famous, remember Justice? Yeah, yeah, that's gone from our country too now. <laughs> Remember Justice, <laughs> Mr. Trump, sir. Um, Jesus, Mr. President. Uh, <laughs> the the French DJ duo or electronic duo Justice. I don't. They were kind of like. Although I think I uh, an know, Uber driver might have talked to me a lot about it. One, two, three, four, five. You'd know the songs if you heard them. Okay. But there was a there was a. There was a famous picture of them in their heyday, and it's both of them like huddled over the mixing board, like <laughs> twisting knobs. But if you look down, it's not plugged, plugged in. Into any- I mean, at this point, we've also got so many different f- weird, like yeah, you don't need to be actually there. Yeah, uh, people don't. People want you there to get to experience having you there. So really, if you had like a really choice selfie station for people, I feel like if you, if someone wanted to go on tour, not be there. Send mannequins, have a se- a really great selfie station where people could take pictures with different with them making different faces or something. Yeah, the, um, the touring version of like the Museum of Ice Cream or yes. those like or yeah. any of those things that are just like Instagram farms. Yeah, exactly. I think people would be like, "Oh, this is great, totally worth it." Yeah, I realize that this probably sounds like a very like old cr- luddite perspective, but like I, it's kind of true. If you go to a concert, so it's just like I feel like that's what everyone says is like too many phones, man. Watch the music. I. I saw a show last spring and I, we showed up a little bit late so it didn't um I don't know if they made an announcement or something at the beginning it was Cornelius do you know that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Not I did not it was the only show that I've seen not a single screen not a single person taking photos at the end they like all stepped out and let everybody like take the same photo I can, they must have made an announcement but otherwise people were just like this is entertaining enough because they also show videos behind their uh-huh. performance and it's all like synced up to the music so that's pretty cool um but yeah it was i i was like grabbing everybody around me and be like did you see did you, you see, see that no one is taking pictures how special this what, is it's so weird what's happening i i, I went to this uh, event i think they do it pretty regularly it's like an ambient music night that they do at a church here in LA and you've got to zip your phone up in like a little bag yes. and give it to them beforehand so there's no phones inside and you just and, and the music just echoes around in this church and it was great and it was like oh cool this is like secular sacred music and part of me was like it would be wish a I had story. my phone right now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like I'm not a phone hater I'm not like let's get rid of them they're destroying us I mean they are destroying us but everything is, is destroying us but I do feel like as you know, you want your your salty, you want your sweet, you want your uh, things that can exist online, but you also need things that are just there mm-hmm. in the moment for human beings to experience together. Otherwise, I think your brains don't pay mm-hmm. enough attention. And that's why we still need <laughs> the theater. <laughs> I mean, I do think that. I talk about it too much. Oh, the grand old lady theater. I think there's something to be said for having an experience in a, a space with a bunch of other human beings having the same experience Truly. with our flesh bodies, our meat bodies. Even as, even something as goofy as an improv show, which I love and do yeah. every week. Like, I love it. And, and I noticed this in L.A. more than I did in Chicago before I moved. But even in L- I'll notice people, like, with phones out, tape, like, oh, yeah. video. Yes. Taping improv shows. Yeah. They're like, what I, are you doing? And I'm a crazy person because I call them out. I'm, but I, I'm the weird one because I'm like that. 
you have to turn that off. And they're like, what are you even saying? I'm like, that's just weird. Yeah. And plus, it's not, it doesn't translate to the screen. Right. It's improv. You want to see like two out of context bits on yeah. a story? Oh, God. And you're shooting me from lower than the stage. I'm so gonna it's look, gonna be come like, on. it's there's gonna be like fat pussy first. It's gonna um, be old Ross No Chin. Oh, jeez. Pizza, <laughs> Jesus. Um, so yeah, that's Blue Monday by <laughs> That's what this show is, Ross. I love it. <laughs> um, I mean, everybody knows Blue Monday, right? Yeah. This is if their you know, most famous Blue Order song. It blue order. order. It's the most order. famous blue order song. You know, blue New order. Monday. Yeah. You got blue order, John Division. You got, uh, you got what, what is it? Uh, a beautiful blue triangle. Oh, yeah. That's good. <laughs> Orchestral uh, maneuvers in the dark. Span do blue A. Span blue do. We don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. If you All know, of them. If you know, blue, you know. If you know New Order, you know either Blue Monday. Uh, yeah, you do. Uh, yeah. And um, it's been on like all kinds of soundtracks and stuff. So let's do your next song. Cool. This is this is an obscure one. Whoa! I love it. You have to say what it is. This okay? I'm I'm waiting to hear a <laughs> drop. Oh, okay. So there you go. Great. This is a "Je suis venu te dire que je m'en vais" by Jola Mayer and her band. Fla- I guess you pronounce that Flows. I don't I don't speak French or know how to pronounce French well. But this is a cover of a Serge Gainsbourg song. The translation is, I came to say I'm going away. Melancholy, bittersweet, and it's all built around, wouldn't you know, a plinky plunky synth arpeggio. Oh, it's so sweet. It's interesting how even even with it being plinky, it kind of m- makes an ethereal thing. Yeah, that there's that because there's that drone in the back kind of warring through it all. Yeah, it's just drums and those two sounds and her voice, and she's got a beautiful voice. This is another one to check out. There's a live video from some like, like I guess Belgian top of the pops analog mm-hmm. um, of them performing it, and it's great. I think I read up a little about her, and she uh, she just became a, a, a chanteuse. She does like she. She's Belgian, mm-hmm. and basically she's, a, I think, a big star in any Francophone nation. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, and, and I know that this, what did you say the translation of the title means? I just came to tell you I'm going away. Or, or it's like, it's I just came That's, to say goodbye. So it's so yeah, it's a Serge Gainsbourg song, and Jane Birkin also recorded it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if they did one together. Probably. In the original, you can hear her c- crying in okay. the background. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they like, also did another song together. Je t'aime dans mon pluie. Yeah. She's having an orgasm in the background. <laughs> or yeah. or pretending to. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where it's like, I, I love you. Uh, I love you. Me uh, neither. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so it seems like they got a theme there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bait and switch. Mm, mm. I love you. Or do I? Yeah. Serge Gainsbourg seems like a really toxic person, but at least he's right? he, his whole persona is dirtbag. So it's like. Yeah, you know what take, you're getting. Take, take him or leave him. I do feel like last fall when these when these stories started dropping, I tweeted something that I periodically will retweet because I just keep thinking it's true, which is I trust dirt bags way more because you know what you're getting. Like there's no like, holy shit, this is a, you guys are all gonna need to read this article about how it turns out that Jim Norton has gone to a prostitute before. Like we everybody mm-hmm. knows that stuff. Right. So. Yeah. And, so, you, and you can be like, I'm into it or I'm not into it. No, thanks. And you're gonna, not going to be surprised to learn a story about Serge Gainsbourg when he made an album called Lemon Incest featuring <laughs> his own daughter. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and there's weird stuff with Jane Birkin and her oh, yeah. brother, and yeah, uh, 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 Europe. <laughs> Just kidding, Europe. The continent. I'm, I'm not assigning that to all of you. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I, I do like this orchestration of this. And yeah. it's very fun and light, mm-hmm. effervescent. Yeah, even. yeah, it's just bittersweet. Uh, it's bittersweet tune. That's my favorite. Is just like in, when it comes to like these new wave tunes, I I I, I find I, I don't I don't come back to the hard driving ones as much as I come back to the kind of flouncy, sad, <laughs> bittersweet <laughs> like autumnal. What's even happening? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 I like that. That is on t- autumnal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. Summer's fun is ended. Yes, now it Winter all descends. <laughs> the sun within me sets as well. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Um, that so poetic. It reminds me. How'd you get involved with uh, improvised Shakespeare? Oh, uh, uh, show you do improvised Shakespeare, where you improvise. I believe Mammoth. Yes, that's right. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the works uh-huh. of Eugene O'Neill. We. Uh, yeah, uh, we just start in Chicago, uh, but it's there's uh, seven of us. Anytime you come, you'll see five of us. Uh, the audience shouts out the suggestion of a made-up Shakespeare play, and we'll improvise a play in the style of Shakespeare for ninety minutes. But was that something that you already knew that you were good at, or were you, like how did you end up in this mix? Because uh, it feels like it plays into so many of your strengths. I think I the reason I I felt like not competent but confident that I could execute it was that I I think. That I was a little bit of a Shakespeare nerd, but um, I hadn't. What? No. I, yeah, I hadn't. I had only done one play in college, but I had read a little. And um, but I also grew up in coastal North Carolina, which is like the home of England's first attempt at colonization. And, you know, she, <laughs> not not the first successful. Not first successful. <laughs> but, the yeah, colony okay. was famously lost. <laughs> but, um, yes. Yes. But uh, Matoka? No. Um, uh, uh, what was the word? Croatoan. Croatoan. Yes. <laughs> Matoka the... is Pocahontas's actual name. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so so I grew up in a town that was like steeped in in Renaissance England vibes, mm-hmm. and I did I did work. You summer job. The Lost Colony? I worked. I worked as an in, like a like an usher and stuff at the Lost Colony outdoor drama, which mm-hmm. they do in Manio, um, to commemorating those those English folks who came mm-hmm. and, and disappeared. But they also there's also a state historic site where they recreated a sailing ship at that time, and I hung out on it in a buckskin jacket, telling people about ship parts. Same same. Uh, we had the Jamestown Colony. Mm-hmm. I never worked there, but my parents did a lot growing up. They because they made films, and so they would make their. When you go there and there's some film showing, they made that. Or I've when they definitely financed, seen their films. Yeah, then. and if if they when they would get a grant for a do- documentary about different things, uh, they would be involved with that too. So yeah, grew up around those reenactment awesome. folk, getting great shots of like people melting tallow. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, men uh, who look like you with uh, <laughs> glasses like yours on playing Native Americans. Oh yeah, that's a big part of the Lost Colony outdoor drama as well. Is uh, um, white um, college student dancers painting themselves <laughs> red Oof. to portray Algonquin Indians? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. At least we didn't we didn't have uh, the 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 face paint or the skin tone being changed at all. But, uh, yeah. And yeah, they were all Conquin Indians. It's yep. true. We're from that same part of the world. Yep. 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 So my next song, still sticking to those, uh, beginnings of electronic music. Yeah. Is cars by Gary Newman. Ooh. Mm. Is it a car? Is it a spaceship? No, it's cars.
iconic. Yeah. Love it so much. So good. Um, this was his debut single as as just Gary Newman. He had been uh, oh, I forgot the name of his band. Tubeway Army. Thank right. you. Yeah, for that. Um, this is off of the Pleasure Principle. Um, not the Janet Jackson <laughs> principle, <laughs> though. What a collab that would be. I love this album cover. <laughs> um, in 1979. Um, so this, yeah, he, he was like one of the first electronic guys. Um, one thing I find really interesting about him. Well, first of all, the structure of this song is a tagline song, mm. um, which uh, is that's a term that you and I, I think, both have to work with more than normal people, which is that it doesn't have a chorus to it. Mm-hmm. Um, just the end of every verse or chunk yeah. has that same tagline. So in, in cars. Exactly. And so looking at the lyrics to it, uh, well, first of all, I put this on, obviously, because uh, who <laughs> dogs like cars Hell or yeah. they hate them. My dog <laughs> loves them. Yeah. If a car parks next to us as we're walking, she will dig her heels in and stop and begin snuffling around the door waiting to be let in. <laughs> she wants to get in it? Yeah. She's, She's like, like, this would why, be easier. Why would I walk <laughs> when this is right here? Oh, I love <laughs> you her so man. much. You <laughs> uh, Yes, she is so fancy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the lyrics, here in my car, I feel safest of all. I can lock all the doors. It's the only way to live in cars. Here in my cars, I can only receive. I can listen to you. It keeps me stable for days in cars. So not shocking to learn that uh, Gary Newman is has Asperger's. Mm, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. I heard a, an interview with him where he's talking about having Asperger's and how like, like he's known for being awkward and robotic. And I think he's made something so cool out like, of that. I like think it's aesthetized that yeah, awkwardness, just I, like Diva. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I, I thought it a lot, but like this guy, I know, ha- literally has Asperger's. Yeah, yeah. In the interview I was listening to, um, he actually, I should find out where that interview was. Um, the, there's a BBC uh, podcast called Headliners. They interviewed him. And he's talking about how when he makes eye contact with people, he does it for three seconds. Because he has heard that uh, more than three seconds is too intense and less makes it look like you're like interested. So he does. So while he's talking to people, he's counting three seconds. And I'm like, man, that's such a that's such a bummer that the that people with different ways of thinking have to try to mush themselves into the commonplace way of thinking, a way of being. And that was kind of I think always the 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 way that people dealt with different sorts of I, I, it's not it meant different mental states yeah I guess I'm trying to look for the right words um, it's like let the guy make whatever kind of eye contact he wants because the same thing that makes that happen makes this kind of music happen uh-huh. and so yeah I feel like it's we people not not even to like pathologize it or whatever but but people just communicate in so in such a variety of different ways mm-hmm. and like i think we we get on the wavelength of people who communicate like us or we respond to people who communicate in a certain way and i feel like so much of our misunderstandings just come from like i just don't get how like your baseline level of communication and i think we just, if you if you allow yourself to be a little more like understanding about this like we just kind of communicate in different ways i'm going to try to meet you halfway mm-hmm. and if both people do that and don't put the impetus on one person trying to like go through a practiced ballet of eye contact. Well, and also if everybody can, especially now that we have diagnoses for things, so you can communicate what 
you what you're dealing with and how you're parts of how you're thinking about things in a way that should set everybody up for oh okay so i know he's he's got this kind of issue i got this kind of issue we'll make some room for each other in those areas yeah so we don't bump into each other and i'll i'll we'll be a little bit gracious about oh maybe he's being like this because of that mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i feel like now i'm talking about nothing with just this isn't that but <laughs> i think you, you got what i'm saying of course. um and i also think that like not only has did this i think so clearly influence this iconic type of music that he made and was very successful with and still is being very successful with um but also his look and as i said he he's like like awkward movement um and i was reading that his uh so his physical look was apparently an unintentional result of acne. Like he, the first time he was on Top of the Pops, they put on all this white makeup to cover up his bad skin. I love it. And then that made his eyes sink back too much. So they put on all this black makeup to make his eyes pop. And it's, isn't that great? That's, that's so great. There's this old story. There's this apocryphal, like I don't know what it is, a, a parable, something, saying about that there was a guru someplace and um, people would be uh, um, uh, someone knows exactly what I'm talking about so I'm sorry I'm butchering the story but there's this guru and everybody would be trying to meditate or pray and the guru had a cat and the cat would come around and bother everybody where they're doing that so they started tying the cat up outside and then years and years later uh, someone visited this place and they were like okay it's time to do the prayer find a cat and tie it up outside it's like, wait, no, that was just, we were solving a problem with that. That wasn't a thing. I feel like it's the same sort of thing here. Yeah. Like, this is the look. Oh, oh, well, this guy, he was just, yeah, he was yeah, just yeah. dealing with life. <laughs> it didn't mean for it to be a look, but cool. You created a look. Launched a thousand shifts. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that's great. And I also feel so vindicated that he had a problem with acne, <laughs> oh, <laughs> much yeah. like me. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's one of the great equalizers. Yeah. Being a Jeremy Newman fan also means you get to feel really smug when you hear Where's Your Head At? And you're like, I know what that sample's from. (laughs) Me. (laughs) You're a big sci-fi fan. Do you like J.G. Ballard? Because I hear this song and I think of Crash because of all the Cars stuff. And all these these 80s guys were so obsessed with him. No, I don't know much J.G. Ballard. I've only read a bit. But yeah, it's very like kind of modern modern decay. Yeah, I have Crash. And it's one of those ones that I've been like, gonna read this. And then I'm like, or make soup yeah like for some reason it just never sticks yeah i honestly think this is the stupidest thing but i think it might be that it's my copy is written in really small font oh no and only recently have i found out how bad my eyesight is i've been avoiding reading for a a while now and it used to be my greatest pleasure (laughs) and then i finally got i was was doing a voiceover gig and having a hard time reading doing an audiobook and i couldn't read what i was reading and the lady who worked there was like, well, what, what number of reading glasses do you use? And I was like, huh? I use reading glasses. I have perfect eyesight. She was like, try mine. And I was like, oh, my God. I can show you the world. <laughs> I was. <laughs> so maybe I'll go recrash now. Do it. I was at a restaurant last night, and there was a woman looking at the menu, and she had her glasses on and a pair of reading glasses on her oh, glasses. She has double intense. glasses. I was very psyched. Do, go all the way. Um do you want to do your next song? Yeah. Um, we're about to get very sentimental. Cars is about your love for a thing. This is about your love for a person. Mm, but, I, but it's also the cars. Yeah, this is Cars, Cars. This, I, I love what you did there. This is <laughs> the cars. Why can't I have you? I, I try, I try. <laughs> you know. 
just set in this like ocean of like synthesizer sounds. Slow moving corgi. Yep, exactly. She's gliding. Those rolls and rolls and wrinkles are just like. Yes, please get a a slow motion video of her walking and looking at you scandalously. (laughs) They're just moving up and down her back like a wave pool. Put it over this. Uh, do you have an opinion on the cars? Do you like the I cars? I love the cars. I love the cars. I saw I saw Rico Kasich on the street one time, and I was oh in the middle God. of. I was in New York, and I was texting a friend of mine. I was like, I just saw Rico Kasich in the, on the street. And he was like, Was he in a car? And I was like, No, he was on the street. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I it's like one of the jokes I'm most angry in my life that I missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this this was this will will date me since we're talking about analog media. How I got into the cars was the BMG Music Club. <gasps> I signed up for the get seven CDs for the price of one. Is this so the different much one? better? No, that was so much better than the Columbia House. Columbia House was like it just costs a penny. Penny, right? BMG is the the and seven for one. Yeah, and BMG also was a little less like you, we own you for life. Yeah. It was easier to be like, hey man, I don't want these CDs. But this was calling. one I got. I got. It was, but the deal with these, if you don't know, is that you bought one CD and you get seven. And I was like, great, a glut of CDs. Mm-hmm. I have more CD. I have, I have exactly seven more CDs than I have currently. And it was a lot of greatest hits. Yeah, it was a lot of greatest hits. Um, none of the, my initial raft of ones I chose, I still listen to. But one of the, the deal was every month they send you one. Mm-hmm. And, you, and it's, you, it's your choice to keep it. And if you keep it over a certain amount of time, you have to pay for it. Or you send it back. And one of the ones they sent me that I, was, and that I just kind of... I kind of lapsed. I was like, oh, I, I didn't, oh, I got to buy this. And it's a double album was the Cars Anthology. And I was like, damn it, some dinosaur dad band. And I like put, <laughs> and I put it in and I was like, this rules. <laughs> yeah. And it's like from that era, it's like the only thing I still listen to. Yeah. And it, there's so many different, it's, it, the, you got a car song for every mood. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're jealous. You're lo- you're, you're you're feeling hyped up, feeling pumped up, feeling blue. You, you might someone might think you're crazy. So, yeah. Um, I, you want to say hello to someone? Yeah. You want to drive someone home? Yeah. Is something or is something not magic? I feel like my I used to love drive, and I, I I'm not sure how I feel about drive anymore. Oh yeah, drive is is kind of weird. Yeah. Who's gonna drive you home? Yeah. Tonight? I feel like it's like I'm mad at you because you hurt me. Mm-hmm. Or something. Yeah, know. it's like it, it's when you break it down in conversational terms. It's like find your own ride home. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh damn, Rick. Can't go on. Or George. That's a George War saying that one. Nothing's wrong. Yeah, um, but yeah, I like I like the kooky stuff for yeah. sure. But I love this. This one, I. I it's on Heartbeat City from 1985. Mm-hmm. This one was. Uh, this one, I guess, was produced by Mutt Lang right before he produced a, uh, Def Leppard's Hysteria, and it's got a lot of the same like. Like the multi-track vocals are just like coming at you like a wave. It's, yeah, it's great. It's so synthetic and glossy and like just buffed to mm-hmm. a high sheen. Was this on that? Um, yes, it was. This was on that. Th- it was wow. on that. Anth- that anthology has had great stuff. It had a couple of demo songs. Every song was like cool. a banger. It yeah. was so good. I would listen to it before I had a disc man. I would carry around my Sony like like tape player mm-hmm. boom box in my lap in the car with the headphones Me too. attached to it oh i didn't use the headphones but i in my and or the I would car just play i would it. have it <laughs> my, mine wasn't even a real boom box it was one of those ones with just one speaker oh yeah it was like yeah, a yeah. tape and one speaker and i remember uh yeah i remember riding around playing um the beastie boys on that like nice. this is exactly how you listen to fight for your right to party Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch out guys it's a sabotage <laughs> of this mono speaker handheld <laughs> Yeah. One thing I wanted to cut to, if I can. Oh yeah, yeah. 
if we can go to minute uh, two forty-five. Ooh, he made a note. <laughs> because what a guest! This song has a <laughs> solo in it. A guitar solo, you ask? No. The Cars are a rock band, aren't they? No, sir. A synth violin solo. That's it's the sort of thing you can only hear in a subway. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> Did you know that was a synth violin? No, I just had, I, I don't know that it is or now. Whatever it is, yeah. I, I, I think Greg Hawks is the, is the keyboard be, just, player just of the Cars. Keyboard, yeah. I think he used the the profit synthesizer Ooh. but who knows what he what how that was made yeah i've been working with these guys on music and um they're great at producing um and it's really fun to hang out with them and hear them get excited about different types of synthesized instruments mm-hmm. they'll be like oh did you hear that new tr- drum pack Ooh, ooh, <laughs> oh the snare on that yeah you, man, you know i stole a snare from that that song you did yeah that's a great like oh. that's the, their their yeah. thing. Music gearhead stuff is such a deep chasm. But, <laughs> I always thought gearhead was like actual physical instruments. Like oh yeah, just it's, getting it, it. It's it's little um, it's like samples. Synth plugins. Yeah, yeah. So very cool. Um, yeah, not a lot of uh, not a lot of um, electronic violins. Yeah, these. It's not one you hear much. I I feel like a lot of the a lot of the synth sounds, if you just heard them, sound very dated and cheesy and corny but just the way that these car songs on that album are packaged they just sound so perfect yeah i love them so much yeah playing around having some fun so yeah that was our cars rock block and and i left i'm, I'm going out of town and i left my dog with a dog sitter today so currently i'm feeling why can't i have you oh well i know so this this next one is not so perfect for your dog because she's a girl but i did feel like it was a a fun um, <clears throat> one to put on. This is by Yaz. This is Ode to Boy. Oh, <laughs> Yazoo. <laughs> this is a slower Yaz jam. Mm. Uh, and it really just it tickled me to. It's a very sexy song about a dude, but could be Ode to Good Boy, Ode to a Dog. Um, but it, like the lyrics. Speaking of synth, synth, synth strings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all. For some reason, I got... Sometimes with these playlists, I'm like, I want to put this artist on there, and I don't know which song. And Yaz was definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I, I was. this was the, the track that I settled on. Yeah, the lyrics are like, when he moves, I watch him from behind. He turns and laughter flickers in his eyes. And again, that feels like a corgi to me. Yeah, and also the, the pace of that song is about... That is her gate. I'll get there. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. So, I, and I didn't know that much about Yaz, Yazoo. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Vince Clark. And Allison Moyet. And Allison Moyet. Vince Clark, who had been in Depeche Mode and later started Erasure. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's quite, the, quite the Johnny Synth seed. Apparently, they broke up in a we do not like each other sort of mm-hmm. way. Yeah. I, I watched, there's a, really cool or a kind of comp- semi-comprehensive at least for the for the broad strokes documentary called synth britannia Ooh. that talks about it's, it was made for the bbc and it's on it's on youtube or at least it was last time i checked and it's got uh, interviews with a lot of these guys and i think i th- i want to say that the, in the allison moyd interview she's like that she talks about pining for vince oh yeah that's gonna be hard i'm wondering if some of these lyrics are not about her Ooh. bandmate some there's a quality of a lot of those early synth duos where it's like 
the fire and ice. Like mm-hmm. the singer is like all drama and and and, and hard on sleeve, yeah. and then the the uh, musician instrumentalist is like I know how to plug staring yeah. steadily ahead. <laughs> that's true. That, that's your rhythmics. That's yeah. soft cell. That's yeah. Jazz. That's even rock said. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I've never had. Well, no, I get. I mean, it. I think any kind of um, creative thing when you're working with somebody. It, there's bound to be some confusion sometimes if they are the mm-hmm. gender that you were attracted to. Yeah. Did you ever have a showmance? Uh, not successfully, but I definitely had crushes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely had crushes on people that w- were largely because of how closely you were, I was working with them. I always think of that, you know that movie, Once? Yeah. I, I've never seen it, actually. I don't know. It, people love the song in it. I think it's one of the worst songs um, on every level. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Drag me through the streets. (laughs) It's not a good song. Um, But it's about these two people, and they meet, and they start making music together, and they're they're like, are we going to be together? And then she she already has somebody that she's, like, married to or something in another country. Whatever. It's this big romance to people. And to me, I was always shocked that that was a romance to people because, to me, it seems like it's so obviously – about the creative process, about finding somebody who understands you creatively yeah. and how how much of a pull that can feel like. Mm-hmm. That feels like, that can feel like love, but it's not the same kind of love. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it can be very magnetic and um, and very opening, I think. Mm-hmm. I think when I was just in like like a hobbyist in college theater, seeing, seeing them flare up, mm-hmm. it was like, don't do that. I was like, don't, don't do that. <laughs> that don't know way to go. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Yeah. And well, and it's also, especially in a show, it's like, what are you really, is it me? Is it this character? Yeah. Is it... Do you love me or do you love Harpagon, the miser of the miser? <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> the answer is no, you don't. And if we're talking about college or something like a, like a theater company that has the, a community around it, it can feel like, wow, this person is such a big. Oh yeah. Oh and yeah. They're not. So don't go rounding up. Um, yeah, yeah. Like somebody for who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not their prestige. No, or or their cool synth sounds. Yeah. Um, and do your next song. Ooh yes, please. Um, am I? Am I? This is it. Yeah. All right. This is uh, "Do Yourself a Favor" by Jesse Johnson. We're back. We're back. We're up. We're on the we're way home. Again. When Rarebit comes back to my house, she has to jump up a flight of stairs. Oh. It's very jaunty. She That's makes it. Energy. And when she gets back inside, she knows it's time to eat dinner. Very Ooh. happy. <laughs> so, so when you turn around, is she like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this song also connected. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so this new wave has like a leg in electro soul, mm-hmm. too. So Yeah. And some, some, some uh, uh, prints. Some, yeah. The, yeah. Jesse Johnson from... He was in The Time. Uh-huh. Uh, I think most people know him. I definitely originally knew him from the soundtrack to um, Pretty in Pink from oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get to Know You, which is one of my favorite songs on there. Just want to get to know you. Yeah, and it's very cool. His stuff that, yeah, it's it's like funk new wave. Mm-hmm. And his look, too, like his, is just, it's very princess, androgynous, mm-hmm. like super tously lots of like handkerchiefs and, mm-hmm. and stuff that would look make sense being worn by a pirate yes yeah this song is um it's off of shaka delica mm-hmm. which was released in 86 and apparently the song was written by prince um 
I have, I've got I've conflicting tried, things. Yeah, on this. I've, I looked I've it up looked a it up whole too. bunch and was like, was it him? Was it Prince? Was it there? There's, there's another pe- guy. Yeah, I yeah. think that it was. I think it was Prince. I, I want. He seems to be the common it denominator. It sounds so princey. Yeah. Yeah. And the lyrics. Some of them. Some of them. Some of those lyrics are numbers. Which yeah. I feel like is a real giveaway. <laughs> when the way he pronounces some of those U's, I can tell it's just a letter U. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah the uh, uh, Prince. That's yeah. Yeah. Sad. R.I.P. Yeah. But but this song is about like if you encounter somebody that you don't that's that's done you wrong on the street, just walk on by. You don't want any of this. Do yourself a favor. Beat it. Yeah. And that's so rabbit's like attitude. Dogs? That's rabbit's attitude towards other dogs. <laughs> Yeah. You don't want any of this. I don't want any of you. Walk on by. Do so, yourself a favor. So, so she doesn't get barky or aggressive at all. She's just like, I got my eye on you. She'll just she, mm-hmm. doesn't she'll, want to play at all. Not at all. God, I love her. At the dog park, she'll avoid all the other dogs and walk up to the people. Oh, see, she would bring knitting to the punk club. She would. She'd bring a book if there was enough light. I get her. <laughs> Absolutely. I love her. She wants to find a little patch of shade in a place where someone will scratch her on the yes. butt. Yes. Oh, I mean, that's all we all want. Yeah. That's what we're all searching for. Um, yeah, I was very excited about this, uh, this pick on here. Um, how did you find Jesse Johnson? This is convoluted. It actually gets back to tapes. I got a, uh, I got a, a mix cassette that was given out by a local LA, like radio station called K Chung. Hmm. I think you can just tune, tune them in online, but they make, they make mix tapes. I got one and it, and it's mostly J pop, hmm. like, like eighties Japanese pop music, which is incredible but they threw a few english language songs in as well and one of them was this and it and it sounded so perfect nested against those those like uh, j-pop tunes and i love and i was just like what is that because of course it has a plinky plunky synth arpeggio (laughs) and i was i was like but there was no track list on it and i was Uh like what the fuck is this song and i was and so i was like rewinding and playing and like writing down the lyrics lyrics and then like punching them into google seeing if i could find and, I, and eventually I found it. And once I did, I was like, ah, success. Yeah. 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 Uh, so when you make your music, do you start with a plinky plunky arpeggio or do you add that later? Um, I, I, because I'm, if I do it, it'll be I, drums first usually. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I beat, beat first and then, and then start adding stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so you've put out, what did you say? Four albums? <laughs> four cassettes. Four cassettes? Of two, I mean... Two of like what I could charitably call noise music uh-huh. and two of, uh, of electronic music. And you do it just for fun? Just for fun, just for me. Huh. This is the first time I've really told many people about oh, it. <laughs> I'm honored. Our next song, we're kind of moving away from the um, obscurity and into the very well known. Also, this song has a, this playlist has a bonus track because I counted wrong. Ooh. And uh, I'm just going to stick with all of them. Great. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. The next song is New Moon on Monday by Duran Duran. Uh, So this is off of Seven and the Ragged Tiger in 1984. I like it. I like it. That's all I got to say. I like it. I have this album. I have this on vinyl. It's one one of my dollar store or dollar bin finds as a kid, so I listen to it all the time. It does not make a lot of sense. <laughs> the fun thing about this song, well, yeah, keep it going. Keep it. Um, the fun thing about this, I think, is how little sense it makes, or how weird the lyrics mm-hmm. are, but it sounds really pretty. Yeah. Like, it sounds like this could be just like, I saw you at the mall. Yeah. But, 
but I love this chorus. And I feel like a dog would appreciate this. Dogs like moons, right? Yeah, they howl at them. There you go. Aaron's a place. Um, So yeah, this this was not a successful... It it didn't do that well as a single. And then The Reflex came out and that did a lot better. That was on the same album. Um, I think the reason I do like a lot of this music, this, the, the, this, this, and, and stuff like that. You got some plinky in there. Plinks is because my, in my house, my mom was an aerobics instructor. All <laughs> as That's long so as I cool. know, she she would go every week to the to the parks and rec, parks and recreation and teach an aerobics class. I she, am just imagining her being the funnest person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> She's a fun, cool person. I love my mom so much, and uh, and that meant that she had to get tapes to play mm-hmm. for her classes because it's also music and she'd get like tapes that were like mixes specifically for aerobics but she'd also tape stuff off the radio mm-hmm. so our little cabinet was full of all these aerobics tapes uh-huh. which I would just listen to and it was all just like the only requisite for a good aerobic song is it's got a hard driving 4-4 mm-hmm. so it was just wall to wall 80s upbeat 80s pop yeah um, well zoom enough into another direction for the bonus track as we said new wave what are, what are the perimeters? Yeah. What is it? What are the borders? And so, last song, uh, The Clash. Should I, should I stay or should I go? Oh, yeah. Because I enjoyed thinking of it in my head as, should I sit or should I stay? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. all it took. That's all it took, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you what Rivet's thought is when I ask her if it's time to go, it's stay. <laughs> she we should stay, not go. Yeah. <laughs> should I stay um, or should yeah, I go? So the... This is off of um, Combat Rock from 1981. And The Clash, is, I think, is generally mentioned as, like, at least an influence for a new wave. Yeah. And I feel like... I think it's the vocals. And when I was growing up, I was always like, The Clash is a punk band. They're a punk band. That's what punk sounds like. And I, I'd heard and that heard real punk? before I... And I'd also heard that before I really heard The Clash. And then when I listened to something like London Calling, I was like, this is hopping all kinds of genres. This mm. is very, like... This is downright Baroque. I'm like, yep. this doesn't yeah. sound like what I th- thought this sounded like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're stuck. And again, we're so influenced by style. Like they right. look like they're punk. So the music must be. Exactly. You know, and Kiss looks like they're scary. So their music must not be theme park musical theater, which is what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Liza, that's very, that's so, you're very smart. Oh, thank you. It's me trying to do Gene Simmons. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, I've had that. I've had like, that. Uh, yeah. Um, like compliment and neg you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For for a dumb girl. Yeah, exactly. You're <laughs> you not take, very pretty. You just take those reading glasses <laughs> off. Try live a little. I can. I'm trying to read more sci-fi. <laughs> I need them. Um, so that, I think that was a good playlist. I think it was damn good. Uh, I think it may inspire Rarebit to walk a few feet further. That's right. Kick up those little flippers and oh, walk they're around. So, so little, yes. so short. <laughs> I was about to say her pants. Their legs. Her they're little dog pants. Their pants, pants from now on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you very much for doing this. Oh, thank you for having me. It was delightful. Yay. How should people find you or what do you want people to know about? Uh, if they want to find me, they can, or especially if they want to see pictures of Rarebit, you can follow me on Instagram at RossBB. Yeah. R-O-S-S-B-B. And uh, you can see cartoons there and pictures pictures of rare oh yeah we didn't talk about your cartoons oh, your cool um, uh, <clears throat> music videos for oh, your songs yeah, that yeah. you make with cartoons so you can see those there too and uh, if you're and and the Improvised Shakespeare Company that we mentioned uh, plays in LA twice a month at the Largo and you can look at their website if you want to find out when we play and uh, we're on the road a fair amount so if you want to see us around the country just go to our website and that's improvisedshakespeare.com mm-hmm. real smart fellas
Thanks. Oh, yeah. And what were you on Instagram? Did you say that? Oh, Ross BB on Instagram. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Eliza Skinner. You can follow the podcast at, at Cool Playlist Pod. You can also find our website at coolplaylistpod.com. And you can find links to all the playlists we make and anything we talk about and our Patreon. We don't have advertisers, so we rely on Patreon co-producers like you. The theme music is by Ross Bryant. The art and logo is by D. Billy at Duchess and the Queen Studio. And the podcast is produced by cool DJ Aristotle Acevedo. Oh, and you can always rate and review us on iTunes. Everybody loves that. Bye.